Today's episode features a very special guest, my best friend, Natalie. Please be sure to like and subscribe and stick around after the story to hear my thoughts. Staring blankly out of one of the large windows into the parking lot, I refute the idea that I'm searching for any sign of the Camaro. For him. Yet another glance at the clock has me aggravated with the lies I'm telling myself. He dropped me off three hours ago. I know he hasn't changed his mind. I know he's coming back. He came back for me. He left his life for me. He killed, again, for me. Where is your head today, woman? Marissa asked, sidling up next to me at the counter. Just distracted. I know I should probably give her a heads up on what, or rather who's coming, but I have no idea if he has any plans of invading my workspace as he has my home and my new life. I have no idea if he intends to remain incognito here as he has in the past. It's anyone's guess for now, especially mine. Marissa is the closest thing I have to a girlfriend here, and I've told her enough about Tobias for her to know why I'm not entertaining men for the time being. I hold back in revealing any more for the moment because believing anything at this point is far too premature. He could very well disappear as quickly as he came. But I don't believe that, despite my need to hold on to my skepticism. I hate that I mostly believe him and the sincerity he's shown thus far with his words and actions. But if I do believe him, take his words to heart, will I forever be a fool? For now, I could be. I can't let him do it. He has to earn my trust again, no matter his place in my heart. Distracted? I'll say you've been shining that napkin dispenser for ten minutes. What? Oh. I glance around the cafe, which is dead after the last of the morning rush. Did you need me for something? No, just worried. You've been acting out of sorts since the presidential address yesterday. Want to talk about it? No, I'm fine, swear. I turn to her and force a smile and she raises a brow. We've been joined at the hip since you hired me. You think I can't tell when you're faking it? Sorry, you're right. Something is going on and to be honest, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I'll explain later. Yes, you will, and it'll have to wait because he's back. She gives me a conspiratorial wink. What? Paling, I glance behind me, following her gaze to see Mr. Handsome stroll in. Within the second of seeing he's the man she was referring to, I'm gifted with a little relief, quickly replaced by a spike of anxiety. All yours, girl. And in case you're wondering, our omelets aren't that great. He takes a stool, dressed to impress, his eyes focused on me as I grab the coffee pot, snatch a ready mug beneath the counter, flip it, and pour, refusing to meet his inquisitive gaze. Morning. Western omelet, no peppers or cheese, right? Most people call me Greg, he quips. But yes, please. I give him an answering smile while I write out his ticket and haul ass backward toward the kitchen, cutting off any chance to draw out conversation. So far today... I filled a few salt shakers with sugar, dropped three plates, and in my haste, ran smack into my office door. Bastard. The fatigue has finally set in from lack of sleep, and mostly because I stared at that fucking French Adonis that took up over half of my queen mattress last night wearing nothing but black boxers. He is a dangerous temptation, his profile and build, all hard lines and thickly muscles curved, mesmerizing in half-light. 
his construct just as incredible as it was when we were together, maybe more so now. His surreal looks are just as distracting as they were before, threatening to replace my resentment with desire. And the minute I woke up from a dream that left me raw and aching, my first instinct was to pull him to me, to wrap myself inside him and never let go. Oh, how much I wanted to touch. So much so I had to leave my own bed to get away from him, from his smell of citrus and spice, from any familiarity that might bring me comfort. Because fuck that, I refused to make it easy for him. He wants another chance, but he's had years of chances to come back to me. He refused me at every turn in triple falls, forced me to let him go. Purposefully, he let me walk out of his office and his life. And he's right. No matter his reasons, no matter how justified, they'll all be excuses for me at the moment. I deserve more. I will hold out for more, no matter how gloriously beautiful he is. No matter how many times over the years I dreamt of him coming back to me and saying the things he said, his words from yesterday crossed my mind. I couldn't look away. No matter how much the words mean, I'm no longer a teenage girl or 20-something woman who'd had her first mind-blowing orgasm gifted by a beautiful, smooth-talking man. Been there, had the tear-soaked pillowcases and blood-stained clothes to prove it. Cecilia! Travis, my short-order cook, booms from behind the cut-out steel window in the kitchen, making me jump where I stand. I glare at him and he winces. Sorry, you weren't hearing me. Order up. Chill. Marissa grabs a plate from the hot bar and walks it over to Greg. She gives me a curious glance once it's delivered, as does Greg. Annoyed by the scrutiny and refusing to look again toward the parking lot, I retreat through the double doors of the kitchen toward my office for a timeout, wishing for the first time in months I had a joint to smoke. It's minutes later when I'm safely behind my desk that Marissa bursts through the office door, a look of utter shock on her face that lets me know I'm not getting off so easily. Marissa darts her eyes around the office in panic, chest heaving before she leaps for her purse. Jesus, by the river, she says, brushing a week's worth of gloss across her lips standing at the threshold of my office door. Please tell me that man that just got out of your Camaro is your adopted brother. Loathing the relief, I feel, I slide my chair back, second wind determination running through me as she looks at me with wide-eyed hope, while Travis grunts something unintelligible behind her. It's complicated. That tells me nothing. She's hot on my heels as I toss my shoulders back and push through the double doors. So first off, I'd like to welcome the first guest to Beneath the Sheets podcast, none other than my best friend, Natalie. Hello. <laughs> Thanks Hi. for joining us in our kitchen. We live together, by the way, so <laughs> we're here at our table. That was a small snippet from The Finish Line by Kate Stewart. It's actually a trilogy from the Raven Hood series. And like most amazing things in my life, Natalie was the one who introduced this to me. Fun fact, we met when we were 11 years old mm -hmm. in the sixth grade. Yes. We got sat at the same table in sixth period history class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Natalie didn't have any friends. <laughs> that is false, first of all. That is false. <laughs> I had friends. Thank you very much. She had some very middle school drama and she asked if she could hang out with me and my friends and I said yes. I, my sixth grade self said, can I hang out with you during lunch? <laughs> and I remember Priscilla said, 
That's so embarrassing. Um, yes, you can, but you have to wear Hollister or Abercrombie. This is where we sit is a prep table, and you have to wear either of those two. So I remember going home the ver- that day, and I told my neighbor who lived upstairs, um, we were around the same age, and I was like, Brittany, do you have anything Hollister or Abercrombie? I need to wear it. Sure enough, she let me borrow something. Next day, I wore I wore it to school, and I think the rest is history. And also, that was me being influenced by my older sister, who was very into the Hollister and Abercrombie and Fitch scene. I wanted to shop a hot topic, but my mom said it was of the devil, so there we ended up at Hollister and Abercrombie. (laughs) But hey, it blossomed into our beautiful friendship. And Natalie has always had a great taste in music and in books. So I'm not joking when I say literally every like big thing that I've grown to love a lot. It's because she introduced it to me first. And that started back in middle school and high school with the books before it became a series. Mm-hmm. The Summer I Turned Pretty. Mm-hmm. And to all the boys I loved before, we read those in high school. We Natalie convinced our senior year English teacher to let us do our book report on The Summer I Turned Pretty, and we got the entire class to read it. We got the teacher to read it. Books have always been a big part of our friendship, Mm -hmm. and it continues through now as we have been living together for a little over a year. A year and a half now? I think so. May? Something like that. It'll be two years in May. As Natalie stated last month, we kind of trauma bonded. We were both, to give a little backstory, we were both in pretty long-term relationships, and mine ended first. I moved out. I got a one-bedroom apartment. I was like, yeah, I'm living on my own. Three weeks into that, Natalie calls me, and she goes, can I come stay with you? She ends up staying with me, and now we're in a beautiful two-bedroom with our dogs, and it's been a very interesting journey. I think looking, we've always been hopeless romantics, for sure, and that comes through in our book. So, finish line... I'm a huge dark romance, like super smut, super high trigger warning, but Natalie needs a plot line. I need smut, but I need a plot line sprinkled in. She needs the romance, and I think the Ravenhood series, I wouldn't say it's smutty, right? I don't think so. No, I wouldn't. There's no whips and chains no, and no. whatnot. I mean, There's it's spicy. It's definitely spicy, super, super spicy parts. But the big thing about this one is Cecilia is our main character. This is the finish line is the the final part of the trilogy. So this part specifically is she's talking about Tobias and she's already grown up. She started this whole journey when she's 19? 19, yeah. 19. There's two other guys before this, Sean and Dom. <laughs> Sean and Dom. I mean Dom. Dom. Whoops. <laughs> and yeah, so I thought this part was really interesting because she's talking about that internal struggle of you know this person who she loved who they fought they've been through so much and now that she's finally got her life together she's living her own life she has her restaurant she has her dog she has her house he comes back and I love that part where she's talking about like not making it easy for him despite how how she feels on the inside that she wants to make him work for it, like more for herself so that it's not just that simple for him. Natalie read these before me and I was always team Sean, team Dom. I hate, not I hated Tobias. I was like, there's no way that I'm ever going to love and root for this man. And Natalie's like, just you wait. Mm-hmm. Because obviously she had already read it. So why why do you love Tobias so much? 
Ooh, I know why. I think uh, he touches on it before throughout the book but I think his thing was like I put her before the club right they're in this whole um the Raven Hood the Raven Hood is this it started off as just like I mean it was Tobias's dream and his vision to there's a whole backstory so I don't want to give away too much of it because it's really great reading it and seeing what the Raven Hood became but basically they're the good guys who want to rid the world it's like Robin Hood exactly like Robin Hood. They live in North Carolina. It's North Carolina, right? I think they're North Carolina, rural North Carolina. And they're just a whole bunch of, that looks like degenerates, but they're working towards basically against the man, if you want to say it. And yeah. they're doing it in secret. So I think throughout the book, Cecilia is trying to figure out who they actually are. And that's why we don't have an idea of who Tobias is till... End of book one? End of book one. But he ends up being... It. He's endgame. At the end of the day, he puts everything at risk for her. His brother, I think essentially his brother, his family, for her. And I think that is why I think you end up loving Tobias. Because he's a you hate him in the beginning. You mm-hmm. it's an enemies to lovers in the beginning, and that's my bread and butter. I the angst, the tension, the oh I hate you, that's my favorite part. So I think as they're finally past that part, but you kind of get it again in this book when she's mad at him, she hates him. So to have, you know, for her to be like very strong on no, like I love you, I love you, but this isn't how this is. You're not going to just walk into my life again and just be like, cool, let's pick let's pick this back up. Because it's at this point, I think it's been like eight months since the last time they've seen each other. And the last time she saw him, she, she poured her heart out. She's like, let's do this. Why not? And he rejected her. So he, he told her to go. So she left. And now he's back. I'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to put myself in like their perspective sometimes like mm-hmm. how would I react to this and I think Cecilia I that's what I would do I'm like you can stay in my bed but that doesn't mean I'm gonna let you I'm gonna wear those flannel pajamas yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna wear the crappiest clothes I'm gonna put my dog over you like also I think a big thing with Tobias that we both talked about is even though it doesn't absolve him of you know all the shit and everything else is that he didn't justify himself anymore Mm -hmm. he was very much like i know i don't deserve a place in your heart i know that i i know you're gonna put me through hell but i will walk through the fire if it means to get to be with you like i will stop at nothing to like and and i mean like the first few pages of this book i was sobbing already just because of the things that he's telling her and i think it's that because like you said we, we put ourselves in their perspective so like to have somebody be like Look, I know I was a jerk. I know I messed up. I know I broke your heart, but I'm here and I'm here no matter what and I'm not leaving. And yeah. you can yell at me, you can be pissed at me. I will do whatever it takes to to earn that spot. Yeah. I think at the end of you know, we all want to be pursued. We all yeah. want the song and dance. I, none of this I'm a cheap date. No, I'm Ugh. a difficult date. <laughs> but in the most like not annoying way. <laughs> like, I'm not going to make it easy, but I'm not going to be, you know, a cheap date. It's like you said, I'm not going to just let you back in and to waltz in like, oh, everything's fine and dandy. It's I'm like, here now. Yeah. No, I was there eight months ago and the time before that and the time before that. You just couldn't see it. And now that I've put myself back together and you're here, like, deuces. Yeah. 
You were talking about his sacrifice and that being like a big thing for you. Yeah, I think throughout the series, I think Cecilia always knew that the club was ahead of her. Like it was a club, then her. With Sean and Dom, the club always came first. And I think the first time Cecilia experiences the club not coming first, it's, you know, Tobias sacrificed the club. I wouldn't say Tobias sacrificed his brother, but, you know, that happened because he was trying to protect her and put her first. Because I've been in a situation where, right, the roles are reversed, you're sacrificing so much for somebody else. So to see it and, like, actually read it, like, that's so cute. (laughs) Through these books and through so many of them, like, these especially, I think this is probably one of the best series that I've ever read where you really feel Cecilia. Like, you feel her thoughts, her emotions. And, like, I cried through every single one of these books. I was kicking and giggling and screaming. Like, Natalie on Exodus... I'm, I was very worried for Natalie. For like two weeks, I would just come home and she was like, Ugh, like just crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's the big deal? And then I read it and I was like, <laughs> so you feel big things. And again, it's just like, you just, have, you can't help but be in your Delulus and like mm-hmm. imagine what it is for somebody to, to be this for you. And I think it's like you said, we all want to be us, us romance girlies, right? Us book girlies. We all want, we all want somebody to to make us feel like we are their top priority, not their only priority, and not maybe their top priority forever, but just show up. Mm-hmm. And Tobias King shows up. I mean, yeah, I think he showed up every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not in this book, but I remember there's a specific time in Exodus where she had just gotten the inheritance from her dad Mm. and he just showed up after you know she got basically paid off by her dad and she's like he paid me off and he was just like it's okay it's okay that scene is (gasps) to um, paint the picture he's waiting on the porch and she's like like really upset at her dad before that she's like mm -hmm. just like be there for me or like what is she's i can't remember exactly what she tells him but it's like some it's a beautiful paragraph of her just basically like wanting her dad to be a dad and he's just so cold to her, so she's, like, wrecked. And then she gets home, and there's Tobias, and all he does is hold her, like, mm-hmm. while she cries. And mm-hmm. it's, like, it's beautiful. Kate Stewart, we love you. You know how to write these books. Yeah, she does. Oh, she, oh God, I can't recommend them enough. We really need to get our wall art that we were planning for these. Oh, I know. The movie posters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also laughed at the part where she's talking about like wishing that she really had a joint because obviously she's super stressed out and I think we can relate to that of like just needing a little bit of ease oh yeah I think right after I moved in I think well Priscilla wasn't really a a weed smoker I think that was a habit that I (laughs) she turned the devil's lettuce (laughs) on to me and I definitely I think would you know kind of take a like, I'll be in the car. I'm going to go smoke. You want to come smoke with me? Just to kind of relieve some of that anxiety and tension from dealing with post-breakup. Mm-hmm. Which, obviously, you know, Cecilia Cecilia deals with that a lot. She deals with it first with Sean, then with Dom, then with Sean and Dom, mm-hmm. then Tobias, then uh, Dom's super tragic mm-hmm. story in Exodus. So, obviously, right, we... Thank God, haven't gone through anything, having that much loss. But we are not 
foreign to heartbreak. And I think that's one of our biggest things. Not that, you know, we bonded over, but we were able to relate to. Um, again, I went through my breakup first, and I remember when Natalie moved in, this is where she, Cecilia has a best friend in this. Oh, mm-hmm. And there's a really funny part where, like, Tobias, like, finally goes to meet her, and she's, like, just not having it. She's, like, super on him because she knows what Cecilia went through and what she's gone through and, you know, having those pieces and yourself just broken and then having to put it back together, that's hard. And I think we both, you know, saw that, both Natalie and I saw that with each other. We were able to talk about it and relate it. And then I feel like we're stronger now. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I would have been able to, like, get through the past year. Um, it got lint in my eye. Yeah, it's so dusty in here. Oh. It's not dusty in here. We dust. Uh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we left off, but going back, um, okay, saying about the past year. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think I would have been able to get through the past year without Pris. And I think, unfortunately for Cecilia, I think she did go through a lot of that on her own because the club was supposed to be a secret. Um, so she couldn't really divulge a lot so props to her for being mm-hmm. I mean eventually she shared the information but props to her for going through all of that going through the loss of three men essentially yeah. that meant a lot to you yeah. is is tragic and I think too like talking you know she mentions her age when she's talking about Tobias she's like I'm no longer like 19 I'm no longer a 20 something year old like Yes, you know, we were great in bed, but, like, that's not me anymore. And I think that's something that, like, as you get older, right, you really hold on to it. Because now at the young age that we are. Teenage 30-year-old. Teenage 30-year-old. We know, we look, like, I know we've talked about it. We look back at who we were at 24, 25, or the start of our relationships. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't even recognize that person. I don't, like, even know who they are. And even then, going from when the post-breakup, even, like, we've talked about that, and it's, like, in a weird way, you look at that version of yourself, you're like, damn, I feel bad for her. Yeah. Like, we, you really went through it. So, yeah. so like, I, couldn't, I can't even imagine being in that situation where, like, being where I'm at now, and, and that person, you know, coming back and being like, I want to do this. I'd be like, get out of here. I don't trust you as far as I can throw you, like... There, no. But yeah, right? You you put yourself in her shoes, and it's so easy to be like, yeah, you would stand your ground, things like that. But at the end of the day, it's like... It's not so black and white, right? Mm-hmm. I think especially when you sit there and really think about what happened in Exodus and what what she went through and how he lied to her. And there's, there's a lot of unforgivable things, and she came back and was still, what, it was like six years later, mm-hmm. was still, still loved him and still wanted to try and figure whatever their shit out. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think, you know, where they both go, where she's like, where she goes to Triple Falls, and she's like, I'm going to have a meeting, like, with Tobias. Like, I'm right. not leaving, I'm not signing any papers until he shows up. Mm-hmm. And, like, she forced him to have that interaction with him. And, uh, you know, right at the end of it, he still sent her away and she still had to pick up the pieces. So now for him to kind of switch it back and be like, no, now I'm here. Yeah. Like, um, excuse me, sir. You rejected the... me. More than once. Mm-hmm. You and... told me no. Mm-hmm. You 
Gosh. So this is why I have a problem listening. You know, when they tell you, when somebody tells you no, you you listen. This is why I can't listen. I'd be like, are you sure? You sure? That's why I have problems. <laughs> it's always a soft no at first, right? right. Yeah. It's a definite maybe. So that's a maybe, right? Call you in a couple of days, see if your mind's changed. You sure? You really don't want me anymore? See, this is also the problem with books and romance because that exact part. I remember the right makeup was like, he's going to call me in a week and be like, I made the biggest mistake of my life. Come back. And then nobody called me. I was alone in a hotel room. <laughs> Watching Bridget Jones and drinking vodka from a bottle. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's not as fun as it was in the books. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what was Cecilia turned into a badass? Yeah, she owned a shop. She's got her house. She had her own company or something. Whatever, right? She you turned into a badass. Um, I got my own apartment by myself with no co-signer. Yeah, yeah, you did. And we got this apartment by ourselves with no co-signer. That's right. So we are Maybe not of a company owner, but we are apartment rentors in L.A. <laughs> in L.A., we must add, because yeah. that's a feat within itself. Yeah, and we're great dog moms. You know, actually, I'm curious about this. What made you pick up Flock? Uh, TikTok. I, you got to give it to Book Talk. Somebody just said, I think I saw a TikTok of someone saying, like, I haven't cried like this from a book ever. And then somebody in the comments was like, did you just finish the Ravenhood series? And the the creator responded and says, yes. Um, And she's like, I haven't, you know, stopped crying for days or whatever. So you're like, that's right. I was like, let's do it. I went in (laughs) blind, had no idea. If, If you read the bios for, like, any of the books, they really don't give you much information about, like, what you're about to read. So I went in completely blind, and I remember after the first book, do you remember? I was so happy. Oh, my gosh. I my was favorite ha- memory. I, I was the happiest girl. I hadn't had, like, obvious, I, post-breakup, right? So I needed... I needed a hit. I needed something. <laughs> and this book did it. And I remember telling Priscilla, I cannot wait to read my book. Like, I'm so excited. It <laughs> gives me so much joy. Mind you, this is this is pre-Exodus. Those of you who have read these books know what Exodus holds. So this is pre-Exodus. I think that morning, Pris went to work. I was mm-hmm. going to... I was reading Exodus. I was starting the second book. I got to chapter 25, 26, whichever chapter that chapter is. 25. And Pris comes home, and I am a complete mess. I'm, like, bawling. I was terrified. I, I'm telling you, it's exactly like that. She was so giddy, like, on cloud nine. And I was like, all right, like, I'll see you later when I get home. How many hours were you at work? I was at work for eight hours. <laughs> yeah, so I come home, I open the door, and she's just like, <laughs> and I, was, I thought something was wrong, like, in real life wrong. I was like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Like, what happened? And she's like, this fucking book. And I was like, damn, girl, you scared me. Yeah, it was... Again, I I'm keep, not kidding. She cried for two weeks. Yeah, two I, weeks. I would be reminded. I would see. You know, I. I it rained. It rained. So for those um, dumb, you know, dumb. You know all those things that like are in the book that remind you of them, and you got. 
I this is the first time I had ever actually mourned a fictional death. Like I think that I sat there for days just thinking about the fact that this person was gone in the book and how it affects every character in this book. And I think Mm -hmm. you don't realize it until you kind of just sit with it and you think about each character and what they might be going through and what you're going what you're going through it's a lot yeah. you fall in love with um these people oh you yeah and natalie like she said natalie went into this blind she had no idea and what we do with each other like well it's it's i think it's very nice when we're going for our walks in the morning we'll give each other like a summary of the books that we're reading so like she'll tell me what's happening in her book and she'll t- and i'll tell her what's happening in my book that i'm reading and so I knew a lot of the things that were already going to happen in the Ravenhood series. So I was like, I don't think these things are going to affect me that hard. But of course, once you're in it and you become part of these characters, I was a wreck too. And now I haven't read it yet, um, but Natalie pre-ordered it on audiobook and uh, the physical copy. Which and, the, is, and the Kindle. And the version. Kindle, which is um, One Last Rainy Day. And I think Maybe Kate Stewart did that to give everybody closure because everybody needed more time. Yeah, I think we didn't get enough of Dom. We got a lot of Tobias, but um, you finally get, you know, his perspective during everything. So it's actually, it ties it all very, yeah. very well. And um, and Kate Stewart's actually reposted some of your TikToks on yeah. her Instagram. This is our love letter to you, Kate Stewart. So if you are looking for a new series to read, we cannot recommend the Raven Hood series enough. Honestly, it's um, you like Natalie has it on audiobooks, Kindle, physical copy, any which way you want it, you can have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think the audio version, I will say, is the oh, best um, way yeah. to to read along. But the audio version, um, Joe Arden and what Maxine Mitchell, Chef's Kiss, they do a really good job of playing each character. Oh, Natalie also got a really good French accent. Oh, after? This. Yeah, after reading Finish Line and listening to it, I had a really good accent. Tobias oh. has a French accent, by the way, if you're wondering. So once again, that was The Finish Line by Kate Stewart, which is part of the Ravenhood series. I would like to thank my best friend, Natalie, for coming on. Did you have fun? Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Let's do this again. Yeah. yeah! Let's add some more spice up in there. But we will be doing this again. And I'm super excited. So yay, thanks for joining in. And I hope that you enjoyed tonight's story as well. We'll be back again next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Remember to stay safe. Healing is sexy. And have a good night. (laughs) 